The following audio is from Emmanuel Baptist Church. More information about Emmanuel is available at our website, www.myemmanuel.net. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, a son is given. Uh, well, good evening. I'm glad you made it to this uh, Christmas Eve service on this nice, chilly, Montana, wintry evening. And uh, my name is Tyler. I'm the student pastor here. And uh, you're in for a real treat because I'm preaching, and for Lord's Supper, we got the children's pastor. So there might be puppets, things falling from the ceiling. It might get a little crazy tonight, but it'll be, it'll be good. Uh, but no, I'm just kidding. So we're excited for tonight. I'm delighted that you are here as we get to talk about and, uh, and just talk about God's Word. And the reason for Christmas is that Jesus came to us 2,000 years ago. So I want to invite you to grab a Bible. We're going to be in the Scriptures for a few minutes tonight. And uh, I'm not going to share anything new this evening. In fact, a lot of old truths about the birth of Jesus uh, 2,000 years ago. So I want to start in John chapter 1. And I want to read for us John 1, 9 through 13 this evening. John says, The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let's pray this evening. Father, I want to thank you for your word. God, I want to thank you for your son Jesus, who came to his people 2,000 years ago. And Father, many of us in this room may have, are, are stopping for the first time and remembering your birth, remembering why we do Christmas, remembering why we worship and we sing this Christmas season. And Father, as we look at your scriptures, I pray that it would be a joy to our soul. It would be an encouragement to us as you look at how good you are sending your son to us. And remember your son this evening. We pray this in your son's name. And we all said, Amen. Well, as I mentioned before, my name is Tyler, and uh, I am the student pastor here. And I had the privilege of growing up on a farm just outside of Laurel, between Laurel and Billings. And I, I loved growing up on the farm. I loved getting out on the four-wheelers and not being stuck in town. And I loved spending summers, when I was older, working with my dad, irrigating and, uh, and, and working uh, the fields and doing all those, all those sort of things. And I learned at a young age what a work ethic was. Now, I didn't want to work, and my dad reminded me often of the importance of working, and I, I learned the importance of it and how much, how much fun it was to spend time with dad and to irrigate and to work the crops when I was younger. But being in the farm and being growing up before the cell phone age, it was difficult at times for me to hang out with certain friends because they lived in town, and a simple phone call was considered long distance. And so my conversations with my friends usually ended in one way or another, and it typically concluded with, hey, have my mom talk to your mom so we can hang out this evening. And so my mom would get on the phone, talk to my friend's mom, and I would get the yes or no on whether or not I could hang out with my friends. But the thing of it was, is that I was young, so I couldn't drive. We lived in the country, and we couldn't always have time to go take me into town, into Laurel, to my friend's house. And so my friends, more time than not— had to come and pick me up or play at our house. And I thought of that because that's the gospel right there. 
is that we as people, when I was younger, I couldn't go to my friend's house. I couldn't drive. If I walked, I would get lost. And my friends had to come to me. And the same thing is true this evening as we worship and celebrate Christmas, is that the gospel came to us 2,000 years ago. In the form of a baby, in the form of God, God took on flesh, Jesus Christ, and he came to his people. And the beauty of that is that we did not have to go to him But he made a way, stepped into our reality, stepped into our world, and made it possible for a relationship with Jesus. And tonight, I want to point out three three simple truths from the scriptures from John chapter 1 that I hope would bring encouragement and would offer worship to Jesus this evening. And the first thing is this. Jesus came to enlighten people. Jesus came to enlighten people. Verse 9 says, The true light, which enlightens everyone— was coming into the world. Now, we as people need light. We need light to, to move around and to know where we're going. We get, well, the scripture also says that Jesus was the true light. He is the authentic light. He proved to be the source and the foundation of light, thus being truth for us. And I think we as people are drawn to truth. We, we are drawn to things that are real in our lives. And we, uh, when we were growing up, I ha- we had a word for this. They were called posers, when people would talk one way and act another way. And when we grow older and we're adults, we have another word called hypocrites, when people speak one way and then live a different way. But in Jesus being the true light, he lived like he said he was, and he said he was going to bring salvation and to enlighten people with the truth. And it says he is the true light. Now, I, for one, am, uh, am, am a person that is drawn towards truth. I don't like uh, false things. I don't like imposters. I don't like uh, things that uh, imitate other things. So I made a little list of things that I don't like imitation-wise. And the first thing is that I don't like diet soda. If I'm going to drink a pop, I want the real thing. Give me a Pepsi. Give me a Dr. Pepper. Give me a Mountain Dew. I don't like the Diet Coke thing. I'm sorry if you do. There's a lot of addicts out there for Diet Coke. But I don't like the diet sodas. I don't like margarine. It's like pretty much plastic. Who, who eats margarine? I, don't like, I want the butter. I want the real stuff on my pancakes. I don't like Splenda. Gross. Putting Splenda in your coffee? Yeah, it doesn't taste very well. But probably the thing that I don't like the most is telemarketers. Or voice recorders. Like you're calling a company and you're expecting to talk to a human being and, you, and, and they act like a human. They have attributes like a human. It's like, oh, hi, Tyler, how are you? I'm like, dude, you're a robot. Don't talk to me like a human. They're like, let me figure that out. Let me go find that for you. I'm like, you're a robot. You can't do that. You're not a person. And I'm drawn to truth. And the truth of it is, is that Jesus came in the form of a baby to offer truth and salvation for us. And thousands of babies have grown up to become king. But the truth is that only one king came in the form of a baby, and his name is Jesus. And this evening, as we get into scriptures, as we continue into Christmas, my prayer for you is that you would know Jesus. You would know your Savior. You would know the one who brings truth, who brings light into the world, and that you would worship him this Christmas season. Because the truth is that Jesus came as a, as a baby, but his life was not easy. In fact, Jesus came knowing people would reject him. Look at verses 11, uh, 10 and 11 with me. It says here that he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not 
know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. And Jesus came knowing people would reject him. Jesus wasn't like a high-flying CEO in, 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 in his office space watching everyone do his work. No, Jesus came himself. And Jesus came himself knowing that the people would not, would not receive him and would not accept him for who he was. And they, and they rejected him as Savior, and they rejected him as Messiah. But God, in his infinite love, knew that going in, and he knew he would face a, a life of persecution, of hardship, of depression, and he came as a baby anyways. Why? Because he loves us. Because we have a need, a, a bigger need than, than, than physical needs. We have a spiritual need in each and every one of us, and only Jesus could suffice for that payment and that need in our lives. And Jesus came knowing he would be rejected, knowing he would be uh, 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 cast down and, and, uh, and, and despised, and he came anyways. None of us would go into a situation knowing we're going to get rejected. You know, none of us make up a resume, put up a job application, turn into an employer, knowing we're, we're going to get laughed at, knowing we're, we're going to get rejected and saying, you are not qualified. None of us are going to be put into, into a situation to where we know we're going to get rejected and turned down. Well, maybe some of us, if, if, we're, if we want to date that bad, you know, we'll go on a limb and ask a girl out. But none of us are going to enter into a situation where we know we're going to get laughed at. We know we're going to get rejected. We know we're going to get made fun of. Except Jesus. Jesus knew what he was getting himself into. He knew the people were going to reject him. He knew the people were going to say no and not receive him. But he did it anyways. So tonight, I just want to ask a couple questions. Aren't you grateful that Jesus himself came knowing he would face a life of hardship, a life of persecution, and a life that was going to be despised by others? Aren't you grateful that Jesus sent himself? He didn't send a prophet. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send Moses or Elijah to do his work on the cross and work for salvation. He said, I, this is so important to me that I'm going to send my very own son. And he sent his son to, to, to the, like, like a sheep before shears, he sent his son into hardship and persecution in order that some of us might be redeemed and some of us might place our faith and our trust into Jesus. Don't we worship a good God this evening? Don't we worship an incredible loving Savior who would put his son through that in order to offer salvation to his people? I want to read for you a classic passage from Isaiah. And uh, many of you read this, uh, this passage on Christmas or at certain holidays. And the prophet Isaiah wrote these words 700 years before Jesus was born. And he played out and he, and he depicted on what Jesus would live and go through when he wrote this from Isaiah 53, verses 2 and 3. Talking about Jesus. He said, For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Verse 3 says he was despised. He was rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from, uh, from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Jesus knew what it was like to live a hard life. 
Jesus knew what it was like to experience persecution, to experience rejection. His own family rejected him until after he rose again from the grave. His own brothers. But he did it anyways for you and for me and to offer salvation and to give us our greatest need as people and our greatest need as spiritual that Jesus offers to everyone. But the story continues. Back in John chapter 1, it, 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 this, this section concludes with this, with the good news. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The last thing that I want to point out to you this evening is that Jesus came to offer salvation to all. Jesus came to offer salvation to all. What is salvation? It's simply being a child of God. It is the will of God that every one of us would, would, would be saved. It is the will of God that he came to earth, that, 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 he, that he lived a sinful life in order that man would be saved and become reconciled to their heavenly Father. And Jesus' offering of salvation is to everyone. And everyone here has been born physically. Everyone in, in this room have, have a mom, they have a dad, they have parents. We, we may not know our parents anymore. Some may have passed, some, some may not know them from, from birth. But every one of us in this room have a physical mom and a physical dad. But the most important question this evening, and probably the most important question in life, is that do you, do you have a heavenly father? Do you have a relationship with God himself who made, who made it possible by sending his son? You see, we as people go, go the other direction. We want to do our own thing, and our pride gets in the way of having a relationship with God. And Jesus had to come in order to make a way for us to have that relationship with him. And it's to everyone. Jesus doesn't care if, if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're black, you're white, Republican, Democrat. He doesn't care. He wants to have everyone come to knowledge and a saving faith in him. So my question is, do you know God as your Abba Father? Because that Abba Father is the best Father you can ever have. He's there for you no matter what you go through. You lose a job, God's there for you. You lose a friend, God's present. He says he will never leave you or forsake you. You get cancer, you, you, uh, you, you, get, you get hard news, God says I offer hope for you for a life after earth. The best father you can ever have is God himself. And this is why we worship and we sing. And if you do not know your, your, your heavenly father, it's simply, by, it's simply stating and, and professing your sin. It's, it's, it's repenting from your sin and placing your faith in the perfect sinless son, Jesus Christ himself. And the truth tonight is that the one who was rejected 2,000 years ago will never reject you. If you come to him in humility with repentance and faith. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. I don't know about you, but to be honest, I, I didn't really think about um, the reason for the season, if you will, until last service. Like, man, you're a pastor. I know I'm human. And I, I, don't do a lot, I don't do good a lot of times. And maybe you're here, and, you're, and tonight you're in the same shoes of me. I haven't pressed pause on life until this evening. 
maybe here and you haven't pressed pause and just to, to ponder and think about life and think about eternity and think about uh, life after here on earth, my, my prayer is that you would stop and to think about what your life and the trajectory of your life because Jesus is the answer for your life. And in a second, we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper. And in that moment, it's, it's a time for us to respond and to reflect on our life and the life that Jesus is offering us. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. And I want to pray for us as we close. And I want to ask you one more time is, do you know your Heavenly Father this evening? And if you don't, the greatest gift you can give your family, yourself, and for others is to enter into that relationship by by professing your sins and turning from them this evening. Let's pray. Father, this evening, we turn our hearts focus to your Son. We turn our attention to you, the one who was born in a manger 2,000 years ago. And this baby entered our reality. It entered into our sphere of life. And it made a way for us to have salvation. And Father, my prayer tonight is that if there is someone in this room who who does not know you, that today would be the day of salvation. That they would enter into a, a saving relationship with their Heavenly Father for the first time. We love you. Pray this in your Son's name. Amen. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, a son is given. Thank you for listening to audio from Emmanuel Baptist Church, located in Billings, Montana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Emmanuel, please visit us online at www.myemmanuel.net.